0: Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan.
1: Hi, friends. We are here for part two of... I feel like just saying our story feels kind of lame. I feel like we need a tagline. the shit you of the need epic to know. adventures and foundational origin stories of the two bisberry Godmothers you love the most Boss Project <laughs> <laughs> Okay so before we dive into this one first of all if you have not listened to part one, it's literally the episode right before this, right? It should be. Yeah, we did back-to-back of our voices with no guest. So We're sharing this. It is a two-parter. This is the second part. If you haven't listened to the first one, I really encourage you to do that. So just like hit a tiny pause, go back, listen to that one, and then come back, okay? All right. You're here. You're ready for part two. So I want to start this one with like a little bit of a preface, a little bit of a boundary setting situation here. And I also want to just, I don't know, kind of share a little bit about like the weirdness of being vulnerable online and like in the internet space and sharing what is really deeply personal parts of our stories with you guys. So we're going to dive in and we're going to unpack a lot today. And we're definitely going to share a lot with you. I wanted to start this with, you know, there's, there are some of you, a good chunk of you actually, who've been around for a really long time who have heard bits and pieces of this story already. Maybe not all told in one setting, maybe just like one highlight or one aspect of it here. And then there are an even bigger chunk of you who have absolutely no clue what happened in 2016, which was a really big pivotal year for us personally and within our business. And it truly shaped literally every aspect of our entire lives and changed the way that we do business, which is what we're going to kind of talk about today. But the reason why that has been the case, and I would love to hear your take on this too, Abby, is we kind of accidentally opened up the floodgates when we started sharing and being vulnerable online. And what we didn't realize would happen is that it would create a space where our audience, our students, our members, our people would then in turn share their equally vulnerable and amazing stories of their origin, their health their family, their trauma, everything that led to get them to where they are. Right. And Mm -hmm. although those stories are incredible, they're amazing. There's a time and space to hear those stories. And we did not properly set the time and space for that. And what ended up happening, and I think this is a big hesitation for a lot of people of getting vulnerable, is that we as empaths started to take Mm -hmm. on the emotional weight of other people's stories. And that started to get really heavy.
0: Oh, it was incredibly heavy. So I just want to say here, because I think it's important that the reason we're setting this boundary is not only for us, but it's for your personal safety. We are huge advocates of mental health and getting the proper help. We're not licensed psychologists and we are obviously not doctors. And so I just know the last time we shared this very publicly that we got private medical information Mm -hmm. from a lot of people. And while I totally obviously understand and will share more details about my life, I just want you to know that I personally don't have the capacity to take that on for you. And so I want you to know that I'm here for you and I understand and at some point I definitely would love to offer opportunities to talk more about that. Like you personally talk more about that in our community but until we have a safe space set up for that we're just gonna have to navigate this together Mm -hmm. and you're welcome to send us messages. You're welcome to share how this story impacted you but just know that if it gets too heavy that we will probably send you a direct and brief message Mm -hmm. that we would prefer you share this information with a medical professional so
1: well and if you if you do decide to reach out because you're not sure you know, that line. And we just don't respond. It's just probably because we don't have the headspace to do that. And so I think what happened is that we were like just flooded with people coming to calls and bringing up stories and literally sending emails and DMs about their stories. And we love that engagement. We we absolutely love talking to you guys about business and about tactics that you can choose to harmonize your life and business or grow a business that is in alignment with your life because of those things and because of the impacts that things have had in your life and our life. That's our happy space of how can we take what is reality and then weave in okay, here's the strategy behind how to, how to grow, how to market, how to function, how to work in a work sense. That's what we can provide. And so I I just wanted to be clear at the very, very top of this that like hear it because we're also sharing it in a way because there's a point to the, the, these reasons and the things that happened in 2016 did drastically change our business. And there are takeaways that you can get from that, (laughs) that you can set up now. And that's literally what this episode is about. And so I just wanted to preface it with that. And please, please find someone to talk to if you are wanting to share, you know, trauma, if you're wanting to share big impacts mm-hmm. in your life that are enforcing you to, to work differently, to function differently, please share that with someone mm-hmm. who can support you and who is ready to take that on.
0: Okay, so let's start at the beginning, because I think it's important. I know in our last episode, we talked about the foundations of our business. Emily and I met in 2015, and we quickly started working together. We actually started like officially working together in the fall of 2015. But a lot changed in that first full year of business together. And to really set the stage for this story, I think it's important for you to know what happened the summer of 2016 going into winter of that year. So Emily approached me that spring. We had barely gotten started on our business. And she's like, hey, so yeah,
1: infertility is a bitch and I want to adopt. Yeah, so we technically started the adoption process in December of 2015. And so Mm -hmm. it was like within months of us starting our business and truly like figuring out what we were doing. And, And even looking back on the timeline now, I'm sure that that was... A preface to one of the big reasons why I wanted to quit clients, knowing the different season I was going to go into, knowing how I wanted to run a business differently, what this was going to look like. Any of our listeners who have adopted or known someone who's adopted, you know that, like, there's literally nothing you can do to plan, like, at all. Uh, The situation can be hey, tomorrow there's a baby. Hey, two weeks, six months, a year, five years, like the timing of anything moving uh, once you're actually ready is just like impossible to gauge. And so I remember we sat down and had the conversation in the sense of like, yeah, let's plan. And also we could be, we could be batching, we could be planning for a really long time. And so, I mean, I'm positive I told you like in December when we were starting to like meet with oh, agencies and figure out, cause that's when we actually submitted the application. So quite honestly, it could have been like, September, October, when we were really vetting who we were going to work with and how we were actually going to do the process. Because in December is when we submitted our application, Yeah, which is bananas to think about.
0: I remember in spring of 2016 specifically was like when all the paperwork was in and like you were starting to, your book was being put out there and like you were going to have situations that would come up. And over that summer, I don't know. I mean, maybe I miscounted, but I remember seven times
1: yeah. that you called me yeah. about potential well, babies. I think you're putting this in the summer, but all of that happened in the spring. So we are you? Serious? Yeah. So we because we got placed with Penny in July. Yeah. And so all of the calls leading up to that were April, May, June. All of those happened in that time frame. Yeah. And I actually remember the very first call that we got was in February of that year. It was before mm-hmm. we were like fully eligible. We hadn't had our home study yet. And it was a a friend of ours who told us about a circumstance. And that was the one that honestly like kicked off us being like, oh, no, we're actually ready. Because we were like filling out the paperwork and just being like, we'll turn it in when we turn it in kind of thing. Maybe like something will pop up privately and we won't have to work with an agency. And so that popped up privately in February. But it was a situation where we were going to have to fly to New York, like pretty unexpectedly, be there for who knows how long, and then come back. And we were like figuring out details. I mean, I was this close to buying a plane ticket. Like that's where we were in that situation. Something like came in where a direct family member who lived in California was going to raise the baby. Totally fine. That's great. But I think the way that that ended was like, oh, okay, no, we're actually serious. Like we were ready to do that. So we need to like actually wrap this up so we can maybe find something closer where we don't have that situation. And so that from when that happened in February, that really led to us like, okay, book is done. This is done. Let's submit everything. And then, yeah, we had seven, six or seven other calls in between Penny that were like, Hey, a baby was just born. Like your plan B, like we might reach out in like a couple hours. Hey, in two weeks, a baby is due your plan B. Mm -hmm. And there were plan Bs for various reasons. This isn't going to be an adoption podcast, but none of those ended up working out. I called them maybe babies where it was like, Oh, no, no. Are we? Nope. And so then the perfect actual ideal situation happened where we ended up getting placed with our daughter in July, and she wasn't due until January. Yeah. Well,
0: the thing that was crazy about all of it is, okay, sure. We had both run our own businesses. We had just like started marketing a business together. During this time period, we had literally just quit taking on clients and started marketing courses and education products but we were essentially rebuilding a business from the ground up with the potential for a baby to land i say in our lap i know it wasn't my baby but like sure as hell it felt like <laughs> in my baby's lap <laughs> and we were i mean it could have happened at any time mm-hmm. and there was many times where it was like well i might just be done tomorrow wow. like and there was a bit of I wouldn't say panic, but I mean, it was definitely a lot to process. And I know you went through a roller coaster. But when Penny was like, I want to say secured, when Penny was like officially placed, and you knew that was happening, it was amazing that after all the craziness that we actually had like time, a timeline, like we had a plan. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we, we ended up being like tentatively placed in July. And then it was a sec- like, quote unquote, secure placement in August. And then from then it was, it was, yeah, we're going to prep like it's going to happen. And with adoption, as you guys know, like it still could not right. happen. But we we began in August to fully be like, okay, what's the content batching that we're going to do? Mm-hmm. What are we launching and when is it happening? You guys remember this was 2016. You know what didn't exist then? This show. This podcast the podcast didn't
0: exist. A lot of our products didn't exist. Trello had just come out that summer. Like it was just a lot happening very fast. But we knew we needed a way to make money, but also allow as much
1: time as possible for you to take a maternity leave. And a benefit we had with adopting was we could literally work up until I got the call that I needed to be somewhere. Yeah. This wasn't like, Oh, Oh, you know, if I was biologically pregnant, how was my health? How was I feeling? Did I have the energy? Was I sick? What if I went into early labor? Like all of those things we like, it was like the dreamiest, schedule situation that you could you could ask for right until it wasn't until it wasn't yeah so august starts and we're okay we're batching content we're mapping out launches quite literally we planned up until the day before penny was due because she was a scheduled c-section we did a webinar the day before penny was due and i was in oklahoma at the time because we had to drive down there and i did it from My mom's house, I think. Yeah, my mom still lived there at the time. So because we had planned like, okay, we're going to launch something. We're going to open the doors to this thing, like the day that you go on leave, basically, so that we have the emails working. We have the group set up. We have whatever we needed set up to be on the back end of that. But so that we could have like a money making source, like at the very last minute to hopefully carry us through the months that I was going to be part time or not even at work. So we'd been planning for months. And I remember it was November 3rd,
0: 2016. We had been mapping everything out we had been planning we had been writing emails doing sales pages we'd been setting up workflows so things would go automatically like we'd been working our asses off Mm -hmm. Emily and I had a meeting I wanted to go grab a quick lunch and 15 minutes and less than two miles from my house changed my life forever because you don't plan for accidents you don't plan for things that just happen. But that day, I left and was in a five car pileup and suffered a traumatic brain injury and had a slew of medical things that came up as a result. But I was so scared. I was so scared we were going to lose our business. I was so scared that Emily wasn't going to be able to take the time off that she needed that I worked through the hardest season of my life and faked being Mm -hmm. okay through most of it. Mm -hmm. Because when it happened, we didn't know I was sick. Like when it happened, it wasn't like so many people see a tragic car accident scene and they see people going off in ambulances and, and like, it's clearly bad. This scene was different. Like It was obviously bad because there was five cars involved. There was an ambulance and there was fire department, but it was mostly because we were in the way. I actually walked off the scene, but less than 24 hours later, I couldn't walk. Adrenaline will carry you through some of the craziest shit ever. And And that adrenaline carried
1: you for months.
0: It did. It absolutely did. I was able and I literally don't know how at this point, knowing how sick I ultimately became, I was just so convinced that I was going to lose everything. And I didn't also want that to happen to Emily. Mm -hmm. And I just pushed through so much. So that day, I went to the hospital, and they did like, a full checkup. And there was not a lot to be said about like, what was wrong with me? I mean, they they sent me home with a packet of here's what could happen. I left in a wheelchair that day. I couldn't walk the next. And we went into continuing to plan. Like I just attempted at all costs to pretend that I was completely okay. And because of that, because I didn't receive a proper diagnosis because I didn't know how sick I really was, I did more damage to my health by continuing to work through it. Because if someone knows that they've had a concussion or a traumatic brain injury, typically you go on brain rest, you you literally don't interact with electronics. And as crazy as this sounds, you sleep and you stare at a blank wall. Like it is... Like l- no phone, no computer, no, no listening. None of that, <laughs> but... Instead, I was building landing pages and recording video, writing and and batching everything. Uh And I managed to make it through from November 3rd through Christmas before I completely crashed and burned. It was six weeks after the accident that I was officially diagnosed with a traumatic brain injury. And I went from working 40 hours a week to working less than five. And Emily and I both took
1: leave mm-hmm. at the same time. Well, and it was a really weird space because you, you weren't letting me know how you were feeling or what was happening. And no. Penny was born January 4th. You had like just gotten your diagnosis Did you not even tell me about your diagnosis until I came back to work?
0: No, I think I like let you in on some of it, but I was, I was definitely hiding things. Not because I was trying to leave Emily in the dark, but I didn't want there to be any interruption, Emily feeling some sense of obligation to the business. Like I felt like I had been telling her for months, I'm going to hold the fort down. I'm going to do this while you're gone. We automated all this stuff. So like, I should only have to do these bits and pieces. Mm -hmm. And so I definitely didn't let you in on how sick I was. But I mean, as you started to come back, I think you it became more clear to you how bad it truly was. Mm -hmm. And I was gone a lot like because I was so sick. I had to be dedicated to getting better. And so that meant I was in therapy almost five days a week for various things. I had physical therapy, cognitive therapy. I had pain management. I went living a very, I would say, quote unquote, normal life where you just take Tylenol occasionally to being on opioids and sedatives and muscle relaxers. And I mean, high dose pain drugs, because not only was it incredibly, mind altering, as in like, I didn't have the ability to process in the same way. I didn't have the ability to like get through tasks in the same way. But I was also in a lot of physical pain. But because all of this happened, there was like a multitude of things happening. Emily is raising literally an infant. <laughs> I'm attempting to recover. The accident was bad enough. I was sick enough that we decided to press charges and we were in a lawsuit. So like legally, I couldn't say a whole lot publicly. Mm-hmm. But then because it was an injury of the mind, in addition to physical injuries, Emily and I, when we did start talking about it, we were really concerned about how it would affect our business if I went public with my injury. And we hid it because we were afraid of the financial impact it would have on our personal lives and business. We actually built... Our signature program mm-hmm. less than six months after my accident. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when I tell you it was, it was the hardest season in my life, like I can't even express to you how intense it was. Like I went from what I would consider a very intelligent businesswoman to I forgot the order in which to wash my hair. Right. Like the level of impact was very significant. And I will say it. I will say this now that I have had a miraculous recovery and been able to completely change my life. But that was only possible because of the changes that we made, Mm -hmm. because of the changes we were forced to make. And and that's why we're ultimately here. Mm -hmm. Like, I could talk to you about how challenging it is to plan for maternity leave or how incredibly the mental load that happens when you go through an adoption and there's the ups and downs and all of that. I could talk to you about how hard it is to be in a car accident or have chronic pain or have injuries. But ultimately what we want to talk to you about is how important it is to identify what your actual priorities are. Mm -hmm. Because our priorities... I wouldn't say they weren't there before. Like we still definitely focused on family. We still definitely wanted to have like a chill environment, but there was a lot of things about the way we built our business that were not sustainable in a season of change or a season of hardship or in a season where things could get really crazy, really fast. Oh, you mean like when we used to launch every
1: two weeks? Do you mean that?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I definitely mean like that. And I want to tell you now that you don't have to go through everything we went through or the like sheer volume of crazy to build a business that prioritizes your mental health, your physical health, your family, because that is totally doable. Mm -hmm. You can build a business that's sustainable, that prioritizes all those things first get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. We were in a situation where we had to make changes or we were going to lose everything. Mm. But you don't have to get there. You can build with that in mind first. Yeah,
1: we were. I feel like we were in a weird space of like, we only get to do this. we, We only get to honor like the health and the needs that we have to, you know, me to be with Penny and you to go to physical therapy or whatever it might be because of this business. Like if we had a traditional job, we wouldn't be able to do those things as freely or as comfortably, but we won't get to keep having this business if we don't make changes. And so it was like this weird, like, we can't lose this thing, not because it's, oh, it's our identity and oh, we just can't lose it. It was the thing that was like financially supporting our families and what has come to the only way that we were able to work these days. And there are health issues that I bring to the table, issues that just neither one of us are suited for, like, common going to the office 9 to 5, 8 to 6 workspace. Like, yeah. like literally, no. it would not work for us. We aren't the only ones that that's the case for. And so whatever it no. is that your reason, whether it be you just putting your middle finger to the man. And that's not how you want to work to being forced to for family for reprioritization for health, it doesn't matter. The root of it being, how can I grow a solid foundation of a business that's in alignment with how I actually want to live my life, whether I have to live this way or I want to live this way. And I think Mm -hmm. just like so many other people branching into the online business world, we were launching and marketing and growing in a way that quote unquote, everyone else was doing. And this is, these are the sacrifices that you have to make if you want this kind of business. And if you want to grow to this level and yes, we were forced to realize that, okay, if that's the only way that we can get there, that's not how we can do it. Mm-hmm. But it also like shined a light on kind of the challenge of how many things can we say no to and still grow? Right. And it, like we entered right. into a year of like, no, <laughs> and cutting. Yeah. And I think we learned a lot from that.
0: With every pivot we've had to make in our business, like there's been some where they were slight and they were they were minor and they didn't necessarily affect a whole lot. And then there's been a couple that like required us to essentially rebuild. Like even though we weren't starting from scratch because we still had an audience and we still had an email list, like we were changing enough that the way we generated income was enough different that we had to go backwards in order to get back to the same place. And I think we did that at least four
1: times in the last six years, which is yeah. really crazy. So we have some bullets well, here that I actually want to go over yeah, of what yeah, changes no, were for sure. actually made so that if, A, if you're doing any of these things in your business, you can at least feel empowered to know that results are still on the other side of not doing that thing (laughs) or doing like a lesser version of that thing. And I think that's the biggest lesson that we've learned since 2016. Results are still on the other side of however you want to actually choose to grow your business. And if that's the only lesson you take away from this episode,
0: let it be that. And before you jump into those, I I just quickly want to say the main strategies that you hear online. Okay. The majority of them are teaching you ways to grow fast. Mm -hmm. They're teaching you ways for you to make money in a short time period because money is sexy. I get it. People want quick results. Overnight success. They they want fast cash, but the majority of the marketing lessons and strategies that you're hearing are teaching you to grow a business that someone could take a knife to the tire and you're going to get a flat real quick. Yep. We want to instead teach you how to grow sustainably. It might be a little bit slower. Yep. It might feel a little more traditional, mm-hmm. but it I might, promise may you. Know, I
1: say, feel boring. <laughs> I'm taking back boring. boring. I'm reclaiming boring. I've been boring, boring like literally my entire life. If if
0: boring means sustainable, safe, secure, Sign me up. if it means I can prioritize my health, family, and personal wellness, if it means that I can say no more often than I say yes, then fuck yes, I'm willing to do this all over again. And even though we were forced to do it because it was fucking hard. i will
1: decide to do it now. Yeah. 2016, 2017 was the year of, we didn't have a choice, but as we led into, okay, Abby's truly miraculous recovery, like that is like a whole part. Two episode of what the fuck happened. But like, okay, you're back. And my kid's the best. And now we have all the childcare. What can we do now? And it was still like, what do we not say yes to? What do we choose intentionally? How do we actually keep growing sustainably? There were definitely mistakes made. I'm not saying we made the right choice every time. Oh, no for sure at all. Okay. So, but let's talk about those changes. Yeah. So I kind of alluded to this before, but I truly think more people are doing this than they really think that they are. So Previously to all of everything changing, we were literally launching every two weeks. So this could look like for you if you're like, yeah, I'm not doing that. Yeah, you might be if you're like tweaking your packages and your offers all the time and then like re-talking about it in a new way. If you are constantly figuring out, okay, is there a webinar or a workshop or a challenge or whatever the marketing aspect is of launching the offer and doing a big spike and Relying on that big spike to provide you the revenue that you need throughout the year.
0: I mean, spikes are fun in the time to- at the moment, but I promise you the low afterwards is not and worth honestly, it. Honestly,
1: I, and I like maybe this can only come after you're in business for a decade. I don't know. But like listen to me if you can. The spike feels fun the first time. Trust me, it feels fun the first time. You feel on top of the world. It feels amazing. The crash is not fun. But I'm here to tell you, even the spikes after don't feel fun because they feel like you know what's coming on the other side of that. Well, it wasn't this big of a spike or, oh, we actually wanted it to do this. We needed it. It had to make this amount of money so that it could carry us three months, four months, five months, because now we're so fucking tired that we can't keep going. And honestly, like quite literally every up spike after the first spike was garbage.
0: Oh, I agree. So another piece of it was that we went back to some of the foundation and focused on long term strategies. You know, a lot of business owners are saying like, you don't need a blog, you don't need a podcast, you don't need to and honestly, you you don't. Okay, so let me let me do say that like you don't need any of it. But we wanted to not just think about today and tomorrow and next week and mm-hmm. this month, we wanted to think
1: about the next year, like if the next three. Talking years. about your offer, if you didn't talk about your offer for six months, are there other ways for people to actually know who you are, what you sell, and how to get it? And I'm not saying the only way to do that is to blog five times a week or have a podcast or do whatever. There no. are various ways but this is i feel like the key element of a business that's here to stay and that has a strong foundation of we could not launch anything for a year and still make money. Oh, for sure. 100%. Because we have systems, because things are automated.
0: And I'm not I'm not saying sexy fucking funnels. I'm nope. not saying like a pitched offer here and a down sell here and an upset. No, I'm not saying that at all. Honestly, we have more often than not, we have content that leads directly to a sale uh-huh. because we've tried all the fancy fucking shit and it's complicated and it breaks and it only works some of the time. And the more steps you have, the more people you lose along the way. None of that. I'm talking about long-term strategies for us, that meant content that was rich in value, mm-hmm. but had strategic keywords that would help us gain organic traffic, yep. organic leads, organic audience that
1: was mainly through blogging and podcasting. Yep. And we didn't launch the podcast until we were confident that we could have a really short timeframe of doing it before it would pay for itself. Yes, we waited because podcasting was popular long before we started. We were asked for like six months, eight months. What, you have a podcast, right? What? What's your podcast? No. But then the second we launched it, it got itself paid for within the first like two to three months. Oh, yeah, for sure. And now it's just like a
0: natural part of our business. I mean, we could definitely stop doing it if we wanted, but it's still the it's thing providing enough results. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I also love yeah. it. I also love it. I can't shut up. We also stopped making
1: new things all the time. Time. Mm -hmm. So, this kind of goes back to our our old strategy of launching every two weeks. When we would launch every two weeks, it would be a a different program. We, We would cycle through like a handful that we had made, but it was like program A and then program B and then program C. And then, oh, do we feel like we should go back to program A or do we want yet another one? And it was just this cycle of like, what's new? What's different? How can we serve? And not that that strategy can't work for some people or for some businesses. Ultimately, at the end of the day, like, that didn't light us up. That didn't make it fun. That made it exhausting for us. And so instead, and we had to learn this lesson like one more time <laughs> in like 2019, 18, 19, what we have instead focused on is, okay, of the things that we already have that are already working amazingly, how can they serve our people even better? What else does it need? What needs to go away? What needs to be restructured? How can we take the foundation of what we know works, because that honestly doesn't change, and restructure it or juice it up? Right, and it's not to say that we haven't had new
0: things since then. We absolutely have, but I promise you the the frequency,
1: yeah, is dramatically. I guess been stopped reduced. feeling like something new would be the answer to all of our problems. I think is yes, I think that's lesson. the biggest thing.
0: That's the biggest lesson for sure. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing here is we stopped chasing high highs and instead looked at how could we create monthly reoccurring revenue, yep. MRR. Yep. How could we build a foundation where the next 30 days, it wasn't a question of, huh, yep. I wonder where that money is going to come from. Yep. And instead being like, oh, this money is promised to us. Yep. It's coming in the bank. It's, it's it. accounts receivable.
1: We're, this is this is like kind of where you get to choose your own adventure. You do you boo in the business sense, right? If the high highs are what you love and they work for you and you're like, yeah, I only want to hustle for three months out of the year. And then if I don't make any money, literally any money in the other months, I know that those three months pay for my whole year. We know creators who do that. Like that's absolutely fine for our personalities. And you won't learn this until you do it. That just didn't work for us. It didn't feel good for us. Mm -hmm. We couldn't see, oh, but look how much we made during this launch. Can't that carry us through our brains? were like, we made it for that launch. Why aren't we making it the second month and the next month and the next month? What's wrong with us? What, what do we not have in place to carry that over? And yeah, it's just a mind fuck, right? And you just have to switch your way of thinking and it's not reality, but I encourage you to choose marketing strategies in your business that make you feel in alignment with like literally how you want to feel about your business. Not just like, because honestly, at the end of the day, like the numbers are still the same, right? What we make month over month over month added up at the end of the year is the same as what other people might make in a couple of launches throughout their year. And that's the only time that they're bringing in money. It's fine. Just for us, it feels like a nice breather when it's spread out. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Now, this last piece and probably the biggest
0: change was leaning into actually making the priorities we say are our priorities, making them a fucking priority. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's been seasons of our business that we've been much better at this than others. Sometimes we have to reset boundaries with ourselves or reset boundaries with each other or reset boundaries with our freaking calendar so people don't
1: book it. (laughs) I I like all caps on Friday. No appointments booked the whole day. I'm not taking a meeting this day, I swear.
0: (laughs) But it was making it a point that never, ever is our business number one. Ever.
1: It's never more important than anything else that we have going on. Ever
0: we prioritize time to work out we prioritize therapy whether that be physical or mental health we prioritize time with our family we prioritize taking actual breaks
1: going on walks well, eating and like food recognizing this was my biggest i feel like click for me that actually helped me be more productive. This is a productivity hack. If you actually want to get more done, I truly kind of set boundaries with myself, but also the team on these are the the time of the day or the time of the week that I'm most able to get this task done really well. Don't ask me to do it any other time. Don't expect it to get done any yeah. other time. And that's just like a non-negotiable for me. I'm not going to try to do something where I want to do my best in a time where I know I'm not going to thrive in that. So if that means that thing can't get written tonight, even though you need it, guess what? Tomorrow morning, you can get it tomorrow morning. No, it's fine. You know, and you
0: know how this has shaped itself over the years has kind of ebbed and flowed. Like I remember, and we didn't touch too much on like, how did I go from like, literally not being able to wash my hair to being the CFO of like a thriving online business.
1: The glow up is real for you, for your brain.
0: (laughs) There was some some real shit that had to go down. I mean, on top of all the actual therapy to like go through a recovery period after that, there was still a season where I was like, okay, I know I've done this, but my health has still not been the number one priority. Yeah. And I remember sitting Emily down probably December 2018. I was like, okay, I know it's like a little bit cheesy to say on the first of the year, I'm going to like commit, but like on the fourth of the year, I'm going to commit. And I was like, okay, (laughs) but like quite literally 2019, I was like, fuck everything else. I'm going to eat right. I'm going to work out on a regular basis. I'm going to prioritize my health. And I don't know if you've seen pictures, but like it shows I did it. I did it. And you know, is it still a struggle? Does it still come up as like. Like you have a fucking eating disorder, like sure, Mm -hmm. shit comes back and you still have to make things a priority. But because I had a whole year entirely dedicated where I was like, my number one thing is like my physical health. It was a massive part of me becoming who I would consider a productive powerhouse of a woman. Mm -hmm. Like 2019 shaped me getting Back to the point where not only was I better, but I was better than ever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't be in the place where I'm able to lead a company that's growing. And I I have to fucking tell this to Emily because I I think we both forget sometimes like the massive impact that we we have on the world, like we have students all over the world. We have tens of thousands of students all over the world who are growing businesses, who are supporting themselves financially. Our business for female owned in the United States, we are in the top 2% of all women-led companies in the United States. Like what we're doing here is not small shit. What we're doing here is making a massive difference in people's lives None of that would be possible if we made our business our number one priority, which I know you're like, no fucking way. Like you have to be working all the time. Mm -hmm. And I, I will tell you that there are seasons where I like break my own rules and two weeks I'm hustling way harder than I know I should, but I am much better now at saying, okay, well now I'm taking a full day off and I'm doing nothing and no one can talk to me. Or I'm going on vacation, or I'm going to take late mornings for a week after this, or whatever.
1: Yeah, I think. And one of the biggest things that's helped me in that space, that time and space, because we're not saying that like everything's going to be easy, breezy, simple, and like low key forever. There are seasons of growth, Mm -hmm. seasons of hustle. We deliberately chose a season of growth and hustle this year. Like we knew we were actively making that decision. Last year was not that. The year before was not that. Every year looks a little different, right? And so you don't don't choose it for every year. That's the key thing. But the thing that's helped me in the last couple of weeks, because life has been extra and busy, as I'm sure you guys have seen, the amazing things that we've been putting out, the communities that we've been growing and building, all of that is like rolling out now. And that's taken work behind the scenes. The mindset shift that I had to go through to help me get through that is, okay, yes, in this moment, I'm overwhelmed. And I'm stressed out. There's a lot of stuff on my to-do list and my plate, whatever. But if I'm firm with the boundaries with myself and my team, then what that also means is I need to be firm with my boundaries and tell my brain that it's it's not time right now to feel overwhelmed and burnt out. That when I'm sitting there having dinner with my family, I don't get to be the person that's like, oh, and then we have this tomorrow and then this next week and then this all happened today. It's not actually helpful. It's not helpful for my family and it's not helpful for me. And if I'm in the zone of working, I'm wanting to focus on that actual work. There are moments where I would definitely call Abby and be like, can I just yell about shit for like five minutes? And we would like, let it happen. Let it be. There were definitely days like that. But I think my biggest boundary of what had to be set, like literally within the way that I was talking to myself in my brain of I don't get to be that overworked entrepreneur on the weekends or when I'm watching a show with my husband or whatever it might be, right? Just being present as much as possible.
0: And I, I think that learning to be present, learning to be content in the moments outside of work, like it takes practice. Yeah. It takes time. And especially when you've been conditioned your whole life to live the dream, you're supposed to go to school and like meet a boy and get married and have kids and have this dream career and raise children and buy this amazing house, whatever, right? Like we've been told our whole lives what our life is supposed to look like. And now you're living in a world where you're told every day what your business is supposed to look like because of the content you put yourself in front of. And I'm here to tell you that your business can look like anything. Mm-hmm. Your business can serve you in any way, but it's meant to serve you and no one else. And not the other way around. And if you are not there, and to not serve the other business. way around. No. You can make an impact, absolutely, but that doesn't mean your business has to be your type priority. And you also shouldn't have to wait for a major life-altering event like the adoption of a child or a car accident to completely change the trajectory of how you treat yourself because this is what's really happening. Mm-hmm. It's how you're treating yourself, how you treat your business, how you prioritize your life, you can decide right now yeah. that your business doesn't have to be number one. You can
1: choose simple that you, just because you want to.
0: You can choose sustainable because it's honestly easier. It may take a little more time, but who cares? You're meant to live on this earth to be a person, not to like live up to somebody else's Freaking expectations all the time. And I just want you to know that there is a place for this. There is a place for you to build that foundation. We built Strategy Academy to help you define what you really want and build a business with a rock solid foundation Mm -hmm. that helps you bring in sustainable, consistent clients. And if that's what you're looking for, then first of all, you're invited to be a part of our community. But if you don't know what that looks like just yet, and you want to start dreaming a little bit bigger, then I want you to come to our workshop. We have a workshop set up for you at bossproject.com slash dream job. And in that workshop, you're going to think about things. You're going to think about what you want. And you might be surprised what comes out on the other side. But I want you to make time this week to attend. You're going to go to bossprojectcom job. You can pick a time on demand. I recommend dedicating an hour and a half to have a quiet space to sit down and go through this with us. And if you have questions, and if you're curious about what this looks like for you, send us a message. Like, I want you to know that we are here for you. I want you to know that we want to help you build a foundation, a rock solid foundation of a business. And we're here to support you in that. So I know this was a lot. And I know Mm. this was like, a lot of personal details. But we we said it because it matters. And we love you. And we care about you. And We want your business to be freaking number two or even further down. (laughs) We want
1: want your business to be number two or less. (laughs) (laughs) If you guys have any questions or want to keep the conversation going, don't hesitate to reach out over at Boss Project on Instagram. And just as a reminder of that boundary that we set at the top of the show, we would love to support you in your business journey and building your foundation. And we can't wait to hear from you.